Hey, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is I, your boy Rich, one brother from three brothers. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's actually just one brother. One brother and a shot of milk. Lawrence is out. He took a hiatus. Um, mental health? I don't know. I think he might have had to get a facial. Something. He had to get pretty. You know, he he's out here, he's out here pretty for a living, right? Pretty acting he got things to do uh and and chris he's just not feeling good he had a stomach virus and um you know he he needs to recover he's been uh praying to the porcelain gods so oh, it's just me rich your boy critical and our shot of milk boom jack so we're gonna try to uh you know keep it going keep it entertaining get on with it what's going on jack how you been Hey man, I'm good. It's been a heavy work week for me. I want to start out by saying happy 99th episode though. Hey. Um, Man, I've been working a ton, so I haven't had much content consuming time. I did manage to play a little bit more Elden Ring, which is good. All right. right. And I got to tell you the truth, man, it's still... It's still damn frustrating. There are, mm. I, and it's like every week I feel like I'm saying the same thing. It's like I continue to level up and get more strong, and these bosses just keep like, there's some guys, it's like three hits, you just, you toast. And the problem with that is I, it's one of those games where you really need to, the player really needs to have a good playing skill set. Right. Like you need to know how to dodge, duck, parry. Yeah. And I just don't play, I don't have enough opportunity to play the game consistent enough where one, I'm getting the skill set and two, I'm maintaining the skill sets. Like every time I jump back in after not playing for a week and a half, I'm like, ah, oh, wait, what buttons do what? Mm, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a very frustrating game for that experience. How about you? What do you, what have you been up to? I mean, I finished up um, Mandalorian yeah. um, season finale. And I believe it was season finale, episode eight. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, listen, man, Mandalorian just delivers, all right? Like, it really just delivers on all fronts. And they're, they're trying to keep it going, and I I am not mad at it. I'm really not, not going to spoil anything, but yes, the Mandalorian season finale, dope stuff. Um, what else? I, I watched Cocaine Bear. That's oh, on Peacock. Yeah. yeah is it, it That delivers exactly what it it was in the name dude just, it's a, it's a bear on cocaine just tearing people apart yeah that's pretty much all you got there i'll tell you i was it's it's a little more graphic than i was actually expecting but i guess yeah. i don't know what i was expecting yeah yeah and, yeah and is that that was ray Liotta's last film i believe so yeah i think it was yeah pretty uh yeah i mean i mean I guess it's a good way to go out it wasn't it it wasn't a terrible movie, no. but you know, it's exactly what you're going to get. A bear high in cocaine, just killing people. I think it's the kind of movie that's going to launch like a thousand ships though. Cause it right. already seems like Sharknado's trying to have some sort of crossover. There's the mm. cocaine octopus with eight straws. Hey, it's like they, they can definitely make it happen. Um, watch beef. I finished, I finished all of beef actually. Yeah. That was, that was pretty good. I wasn't mad at that. Saw evil dead rise today. Um, not to spoil anything, eh, my opinion, you could have stayed at home. Wait for it to come out on the streamer. Well, let me ask you, um, so there was the, uh, the kind of reboot that came out, what, five, six years ago or something? Yeah, yeah. Is this more in that vein? It's, uh, they try to, they're trying to, um, it's like a retelling, I would say, because they, the, it's not in the woods, you know, it's in, it's in like a, 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 almost about to be a condemned, um, apartment building Hmm. and that used to be a bank so they find 
the book in a in a bank very weird they find a book in a bank vault that has a tomb with all these crosses crucifix and ro- rosary beads hanging so it, it was just it was a weird way to introduce it in my opinion and yeah the, the kids find it in like 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 almost like a sarcophagus type of thing they found it found the book in there and then you know shenanigans and so i would any say re- just, any reference to the uh, original films or just goes not to give it, it just go i mean away, they, they they had the chainsaw there there was one guy with a double barrel but i really didn't do much uh, oh i see oh. so so it really kind of is they had some homages to the original but it's an its own thing yeah yeah it's, 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 I, I would say its own thing okay um actually no they did have a a, a cabin at, at the very beginning i'm not to i'm not going to say anything more than that but that's yeah but it was all right it wasn't it was all right it just wasn't it wasn't hitting me like the like the first ones like the first two yeah, and then you know, then I know the uh, uh, army, uh, army of the dead. Yeah, that um, or that kind of went like campy, but like oh, yeah. fun, but it was still kept it kind of gory and horror. And then everything after that, even even the series that was on, uh, I think it was a Showtime, or whatever. Yeah, that one was also the same thing. But I I enjoyed that thoroughly. But yeah, um, yeah, I'll say that. That's it. That was my day. That was my week. <laughs> it's the jokes. Listen. Jack, knock knock. Who's there? Doctor. Doctor who? No, Doctor Strange. <sighs> wow. Well, all right. On that note, let's keep it moving. <laughs> let's keep it pushing. We're gonna go on down the street, take a left at the light, cross over the crosswalk, run through the stop sign, and we'll find ourselves at. The Collector's Corner. It's show and tell time! Here at The Collector's Corner, we're taking toys off the shelf, showing comic books from the case, and video games from the vault. They can be worth millions of dollars, or just sentimental. Rich, what are you showing today? So I was hitting the, uh, the stores, and I found... The pop that I have not seen in a while. And man, let me tell you, all for one, the only one I saw, no. and he's the he's the main villain from My Hero Academia. And there he is, fully masked up. He's got like arms outstretched. Prime mask. Yeah, it's like a weird, like it helps him breathe, if I'm not mistaken. And it kind of has like these weird, like kind of cornrow looking joints at the top of his head. And then, yeah, it's, uh, I've not seen, like, I've not seen this dude. Like, every one of these I've seen out, but I have not seen him. And when I saw him, he was the only one there on the shelf. I'm like, I got to pick him up because I know if if, I, if it's hard to find on the shelf now, that means he, he's probably going to be worth something. Hopefully. Like, we'll see. That guy looks sick. Yeah. You know, how many villains have respiratory issues, though? A lot. <laughs> I feel, like, I, a lot. I feel like being a villain is, like, bad for your health. Like, like you have so many problems. Like they probably got diabetes and whatnot. Like it's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, that was that. And he's about to find his way on the shelf, which I now need to reorganize completely because now I got all this other stuff that needs to get put in between all those. And uh, yeah, man, it's. I think uh, you still owe us a video of that wall. I do. I'm looking for a shelf for like right here, right over there, so I can kind of put another another column. Yeah. So when I when I get that shelf, when I locate me a shelf, or I probably have to go to Home Depot and just buy a plank of wood and cut it down 
and then um, yeah, I'll I'll start uh, organizing and make a little video for that. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, what do you have? What's going on? All right, so um, my show and tell item items today are my PS3 collection. Jeez, now I'm not gonna go right. through all of them because there's just way too many to go through. There's over a hundred in the stack. I got PS3 was. I mean, I've had all the PlayStations. I was a PlayStation guy, not an Xbox guy. Um, but I bet a lot of the games are pretty similar. So a couple here are a couple ones that I just was very into. All the Rock Band stuff. You ever do Rock Band Rich? Yeah, I did Rock Band brief, briefly with my friends. Yeah, it was I had a a pretty big thing going for a while with the Rock Band. I got all very right. into this game, Star Wars: oh, Force on Lease. Oh, Force Unleashed. Oh, yeah. This game. Yes. Okay. Uh, this game jacked me up. Like the yeah. the the most jacked up I ever got playing a game was this game, and I played it so much my eyes literally crossed, and I had to go sleep for like three days. Oh wow. Red Dead. Okay. One of the yeah. best games ever. Yeah, yeah. Not going through the whole stack. Um, obviously Skyrim. I mean, think about Skyrim, though. When this game popped off, I, I remember I talking to my buddy Tom Gehring, who I live with now. Uh, sorry, Tom Parker now. I changed his name. Um, my buddy Tom, and he's a PC gamer, so the graphics were just kind of always better on the PC than console in general. Right. Yeah. And watching him play the game, I swear to God, the water in the game looked like water from a river. And I was like, yeah. games are never going to be the same kind of vibe. My problem with Skyrim, though, is it was so easy to have too much inventory that yeah. the, the the system just would crash. And yeah. It got to a point where every time I load the game, it'd crash. So I couldn't even like throw stuff away so I yeah. could continue to play. It was so upsetting. And then you had like multiple homes that you had stuff stored in, and you would forget where the homes were, and you'd like, where was what, what was put where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was still jacking up your like how much inventory you could have space. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Um, all of the Dragon Age games. Hey, all right. Dragon Age became my thing. Um, I'll tell you what I loved about the Dragon Age games were, there was this, did you play any of them? Yeah, I played, I played a couple of them. A few of them. So what I, what I liked is, you really had to get to know the other characters in your team. Yeah. Because the more you got to know them, the better they they uh, operated in battle and the more things uh, unlocked that you could upgrade. Right. And, on, and if you didn't take the time to get to know your team, some of them would just straight bounce. They'd be yeah. like, you don't even care about me anymore. <laughs> They'd leave. <laughs> So it's like I would have all these conversations just with my own teammates to to advance their kind of individual stories and your uh, your bond with your team. And then you got to be real careful with this Dragon Age game because if you go too far, you'll get romantically involved with your teammates. Mm, but yeah. if you start getting romantically involved with more than one of them, then clearly there's problems there and people everyone start bouncing off your team so it was like <laughs> dragon age game was in addition to just being like a fun role play game there was a, a a real cool element to it with the way the team worked out so i was a huge fan of the dragon age game and it i'm sad that the ps4 hasn't gotten a dragon age uh like a new game 
Oh, really? I if they do, I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't played it. I got I one think on that... Xbox. I think Xbox One got got a Dragon Age. But it's got to be one of these five. Got to be. What do you have there? Name them off. I got. Um, let's see. In order, not in order. There's Origins. There's the expansion for Origins Awaken. Okay. Uh, that's the movie. There's Dragon Age two, and then there was the Inquisition. Okay, I remember. Yeah, Inquisition was the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and so um, P PS four didn't see an exclusive Dragon Age, and PS 5s now, so it'd be pretty sick. If we get a, a PS five Dragon Age game. Yeah. Um, uh, I won't talk too much more about these games. The only other thing I'll talk about was there was a point where I really wanted a uh, a Zelda. I was jonesing for a zelda game hardcore okay and i ended up finding this game called 3d dot game heroes hmm. and it's very it's very cool it's all pixelated so the graphics are really specific but um it's it's very much like zelda the the way the maps are the way you play through it but what's different is you can grow your weapons okay so for example if your sword starts out like i don't know half an inch on screen you All can right. you can add pixels to it so eventually you'll still be like a one inch character running around but your sword might be a foot or 10 oh, inches wow. so when you hit a creature on the screen the sword goes all the way off the screen oh okay which is which is a very cool feature and, and super fun to level it up uh, and the last thing I'll talk about are my Marvel versus Capcom games. I was yeah. very into Marvel Capcom, and one of the most valuable games I own is the original Marvel versus Capcom, hey. which is a few hundred bucks, even opened and abused. Nice. Um, I, and I think when I think when I picked that game up, I think I paid like sixty bucks at the time. Which isn't a lot of money now for a game, but back then, picking up a game, that'd be like, I don't know, that'd be like paying 200 bucks for a game or something. Yeah, that was a lot. Like, I, we had a post, I put a post up, and it showed the games back in like the, the 80s and 90s, and they were pretty much around the same price as now. No, really? Yeah. Like, some, some of them were going for like 60, 70 bucks. But some of them were also going for like twenty bucks. Right, right. But you can you can you can still find that now. It, it's a little more greedy with it because everyone wants to put out a sixty a sixty buck game, right? They want to put out a sixty seventy dollars game. Well, the and they're giving you like half of that game, if that. But that's the thing; they're giving you like half the game, and you're always looking for the expansion. Except for, and I will say this: um, Elden Ring. Mm. Elden Ring is one of the most expansive games I've ever played. Like it makes it makes even something like Skyrim look like there's almost no game to it. There's so really? much gameplay in Elden Ring; it's ridiculous. The map is insanely big, and then temp temples within the map are insanely big, and then rooms within the temples are insanely big. It's hmm. there's so much information in the game; it's it it blows my mind. Um, and there's no expansions. Like the game's there. They're, I mean, they'll eventually grow and uh, drop an expansion. I assume, but it's not because of a lack of content or that they cut up the game. You know. Interesting. All right. 
Yeah, I don't recommend it. No. <laughs> no, unless you want to give up like three months of your life. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing with a game like that. You're definitely, definitely giving up time or burning a lot of time. You don't even realize you're giving up so much time. You're just gone. Yeah, and it's one of those games where you really have to level up. You have to level up. Right. And level leveling up is. Do you ever play Pokemon Go? I did not. Unfortunately, fortunately, I did not. Well, whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, the thing with a game like that is, and it's the same with almost all role-play games, you need more XP for the next level. Right. Right? And the the way Pokemon Go works is it eventually becomes a ridiculous amount of XP to get the next level. Like mm. millions. You need millions of XP for the next level. Same is true with Elden Ring. You need millions i think i need four million xp for my next level oh wow okay it's wow. like it's it's it, it's so much it's so much even though i found a place where i'm making like pff, i don't know twenty five thousand per creature i'm killing it's still mm. how many freaking i gotta kill 100 creatures hey. just to get a level hey so, welcome to the grind bro yeah that's what it is the grind so that's my show and tell item my ps3 collection and I pulled them out because I'm making space because I'm planning on getting the PS5 at this point. Nice. All right. Yeah. Join the club with uh, Lawrence and does Chris have a PS5? I think he does. I think Chris does. Yeah. Probably does. He has everything. Yeah. Chris got money. He act like he broke. Right. And we got a 3D printer where they're printing gold action right? figures. Right? <laughs> Come on. Anyway, so yeah, you're good, good, good collector corner. Well, thank you. Good to you too. I think it's time we drop this segment and move on down to Rich's Anime Alley. It's time for Anime Alley with Richard Wilson. Hey, so I've been telling y'all that y'all need to watch certain things, and I've been telling you that I'm going to be watching other things. I just finished. I got resurrected as a slime. Oh yeah, and uh, it's it's pretty much what what you would expect um, for these for these type of movies. Um, well, movies, excuse me, these animes. The dude just gets overpowered. He's OP. He's OP. But he it's it's about building the relationships with other characters. He empowers these these monsters, these tribes of monsters. He unifies them, right? Levels them up. Now he has a whole city. Named after him, mind you, full of monsters, and they work in harmony with people, with people, and outside cities. And he's just he's just building up a squad. But my man is my man is out here just doing things. And he's um trying to find right now. He was he was trying to find the the monster, the demon lord, excuse me, that brought she's okay. So there's there's characters within it. The humans are brought into the world, kind of like him. Um, they're summoned in because the people of that world, they're looking for a champion. Sometimes the champion that they bring in are kids and they have no powers at all. So what the what the what they would do is they will um, attach a demon to them or like some type of strong spirit to them to power them up. But their bodies are so, so small that the um, the molecules, which is the model, almost like um, what's the uh, thing from Star Wars? The force. The force? Yes. Yeah. The, the molecules are too much for their body. They will burn up and they'll die early. Oh. So 
he comes across these kids um, who was part of a a Shizu, who was a a hero that he helped. And he uh, they actually had to uh, put put her to rest because they defeated a strong demon. She was uh, training a, a group of these kids. So now he took them under his wing and he was trying to find a way to keep them alive without them dying and also trying to get them back to the home because that's kind of the main thing actually no take that back that's not even the main thing for him anymore because now he's kind of stuck where he's at because he has nobody at home because they probably cremated him mm-hmm. so he's like you know what i'm good here he made his he made peace i'm good at being a slime he can trans he can transform his body and mimic uh, into like a young girl older girl older girl a man so on and so forth and different monsters so my man's living a life out here right and on top of that, for the pervs, when he gets picked up by the girls, he rests nice and comfortable under the boobs. You know what I mean? For the pervs. For the pervs. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's just out here just doing good, building up the communities. He's trying to get um, trying to make things fair for the monsters, um, and also giving them names, which is like a big thing because everyone knows in adventure games, you know, you got your little lowly goblins or whatever. They're usually nothing, not right. But then when you get to that named monster, usually yeah. powerful. So when he gives someone names, he he uh, expands a lot of mo- uh, magicules and they become powerful. And then with that, they can kind of like evolve themselves like a Pokemon. So they they kind of like and if if they already have a name and he renames them, they get even stronger. Oh, so he's kind of growing himself a nice little army. He got he has the goblins. He has uh, the orcs or he has the trolls. He has the um, what's the uh, the lizard men. He has a, a pack of a pack of uh, uh, dire wolves that are now oh, what are they called now? They're, they're something dope now. And anyway, but they're all kind of evolving on their own. Um, again, naming them, they're all evolving, and he, the, the communities like paved roads. Like these 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 are guys living in huts, in caves. Now they got paved roads. They got buildings. They got commerce. Well, I, I have a question though, and correct me if I'm wrong. When you first brought up this content a week ago or so, or the week before, or something like that, the guy was from a kind of modern era. He was from Japan. Yeah, he was from modern Japan. Modern Japan. Okay. Right. When he died and was reborn, a slime. Mm-hmm. He's reborn in like the medieval fantasy error right so you know like swords and knights and all that so how does that ever make sense or it just is what it is it just is what it is i mean people are getting summoned from all from these from these different uh from from the modern world like these uh-huh. kids that are being summoned they're being summoned from the modern world and that's another thing like um uh, so it's almost sh- like he's in another dimension right yeah 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 like I um I'm, I don't know if you watched um Shield Hero, that's that's pretty much the same thing that happened there. He was he was in like modern Japan, and they summoned him into this world, where it's like you know magic and knights and everything like that. So that's 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 also like another thing in 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 anime where people are getting summoned from like the real world, quote mm-hmm. unquote, into these fantasy worlds and they're to like, save it right to save it, and they have no idea what they're doing, sort of like building themselves up from the from the ground up. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's almost like and it's always younger kids who are normally the the content demographic for the hero protagonist. So us as kids reading the content, walk around waiting for 
you know, the sky to open up and some creature mm. to say, hey, man, you're the chosen one. And you're like, I always knew I was special. Yeah. Yeah. This, but this one is not because I, because I, I don't know if I stated it before. This dude was a 37 year old man when this happened to him. And it was funny because when he was dying, he was, he was telling his best, his best friend, he's like, hey, take my hard drive and fill right. up a cup of water and throw it in there. Throw my computer in there. Don't let no one, don't let no one look through it. So, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I'm pretty sure we all have something in our hard drives or in our in our uh, search history that we want to get rid of before we die. Nah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. But, um, but, but that, that kind of that kind of related, in the, you know, just the fact that he was just, you know, just a regular guy just living through life, going through life. And now he's like this big time. He was just like an average dude. Now he's like this big time, like, hero. Like I said, he was kind of, he's revered as a god almost. Yeah, but he's a slime ball. He's a slime. I mean, he's a slime ball, but he's a powerful slime ball. <laughs> the most powerful slime ball in that world. Oh, what's the name of it? One more time. Uh, th- the time I got resurrected as a slime. The time I got resurrected as a slime. You yeah. know, the title alone feels like there's more to that story. Yeah, that time I got resurrected as a slime. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Any more to say on the matter? Uh, it's a recommend. I recommend. Uh, I'm on season. Well, I should be getting on season two. It should be coming out soon if it's not already. I think it's already out. But um, yeah, that's a, it's a strong recommend. Well, I think it's time for some news. It's time for the news. So it's going to be a light news week. Uh, Chris was handling the news, but he got a stomach flu uh, and he's out. So we're kind of doing what we can here. Some news. The Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is dropping the MCU's first F-bomb. Did you see that real, Rich? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw the trailer. It's hilarious. Hilarious. Well, the setup for it is Peter Quill is getting into a car and uh, what's her name? Nebula. Nebula is getting in the passenger seat. She can't open the passenger door. And Peter Quill is trying to explain to her, you got to press the button, but she's pressing the keyhole and he goes, no, the button under the handle. She presses the button and she's like, now what do I do? And he goes, now you open the door and get in the effing car. Yeah. And uh, that's it. That's the F-bomb. And, you know, I got mixed feelings on if I'm being, if I'm just being upfront. One, I got no problem with cursing. Uh, I... In addition to every other job I seem to have, I work construction from time to time, and there's a lot of cursing on a construction site. In the in casual, you know, it's not like aggressive; it's just casual cursing. Right. So cursing doesn't bother me at all. However, when I watch some of these more, you know, superhero-related content that I know children are watching and families are watching, I notice that when an F bomb or any kind of casual cursing it just kind of sticks out and so i'm not sure like it would have been so easy not to have that word in there right you could have just said now you get in the car something car yeah something you know but um i don't know so i got mixed feelings on it it's it's a weird thing to me it's like it feels it feels like one of those decisions that are shock factor for the sake of it you know probably is because it's the last it's the last guardian in the series so i don't think any more is coming out and then it's the pg-13 every pg-13 movie has like one f-bomb right that's like a thing so they they allow one and i'm i mean i'm surprised that disney allowed it but you know eh, it is what it is 
I'm just wondering how it serves the content. It doesn't. It's just a nice little, just, just a little fun little, you know, get the F in the car. Yeah. Let's go. Because so. you just see the frustration of I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have had that frustration where they're trying to explain something to someone that's like, like to us, it's like common, simple stuff. Like, you know, getting into that car, like he knows how to do it. Like she's dealing with all this technology. How can you not figure out a car door? The other thing that's weird about cursing to me in films like that is I feel like it, you either go Deadpool and people curse because people curse and you're in a real world scenario real world scenarios deadpool but (laughs) you curse right and so Mm. once you open the door for that then human language has to behave uh normally on some level but in this world where you watch 20 films and the word just doesn't exist in their in anyone's vocabulary ever then Mm. then the word doesn't exist on that in that universe right and then so for him to drop it there it goes i don't know it's a weird thing to me you Uh, either do or don't do on some level i I feel like it's more like like my mother doesn't curse right right like she barely curses. she very rarely curses but when she does it's like oh it's like shocking yes so it's like all right boom i like i get why they did it right get get a little shock for it like the last it's the last it's the last movie in the line let's get a little shock in it real quick and just go out with a hurrah i guess Right. Well, not to labor the point, but I'm interested to see what other people have to see, say about that one. Um, this is old news, but for some reason it popped up. Al Pacino, for those of you who don't know, turned down the role of Han Solo. Yeah. Wasn't he trying? Was he doing The Godfather or something? Or he at just that wasn't? Yeah, point. at that point. Wow. Well, I mean, The Godfather was like Pacino's first film thing. Uh, Pacino was a theater actor back in the day. I think the first thing he ever did was a play called Does a Tiger Wear a Necktie, um, which is a, a cool show. Um, and then Godfather, which he was almost, you know, Al Pacino was almost fired from Godfather. Really? Yeah. Well, so he got cast in it, but his performance was so subtle that he was literally... They were going to fire him at the end of the week, but the scene where Sonny goes in and shoots up the, the restaurant, he kills mm. the guy in the restaurant, mm. uh, they were shooting that week. And Pacino knew he was building towards that moment. So he talked about it. He's talked about it several times in interviews. And so did uh, the director that uh, when they shot that scene, they finally realized what a master craftsman Pacino was. Uh, he was saving all that you know emotional good stuff for when it needed to be unleashed and Hmm. so when you look at it when you go back and look at that movie you're like you see all the puzzle pieces kind of building towards that release in that scene uh which is nice instead of you know some a lesser actor may have been acting out the whole film you know what i mean yeah uh in other news elizabeth olsen still doesn't have a contract moving forward with the mcu do we need her anymore? Rich says, didn't they kill her off in the Doctor Strange movie? Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Like, would we need her for like flashbacks? Like, I'm confused. What's happening? Well, I just don't know. But that's the news, Rich. And <laughs> the last bit of news is the AMC is in development of a short form Walking Dead series. Huh. Okay. So like like the the ones that they already did with the with the various actors. I don't really know what the news meant. That was Chris's note. So we'll have to get Chris back on next week to clarify that note because I have questions based off of it. Are we talking about like they're making a Quibi 
kind of short form content where it's like one or two minute things? Set, uh, AMC sets a summer debut for Walking Dead, Dead City. Dead City. Well, that that's sounds a, like a, a whole, whole new spinoff series. Yeah. But I know they did, um, they did like a, a bunch Fear of the short. Walking Dead. Yeah, they did Fear the Walking Dead, but they did a, a Walking Dead where it was just different stories. Um, and there was short, I thought, what's his name was in it? Uh, Terry Crews was in one of them. Oh. Yeah, and they were all I like, they were all short. I wonder if that news clip is just old news. So, ladies and gentlemen, if I'm giving you old news, I apologize. And we'll blame Chris for getting sick right before he was supposed to handle these segments. Uh, now it's April 18th. So it's, uh, this is fairly new. Maybe oh, they're making well, more. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's something totally different. Uh, it's weird. They already did it. Yeah, yes. The last year, six-episode anthology series, Tales of the Walking Dead. It's unclear if the new shows will feature its own set of standalone tales. Starring, uh, starring a host of different st- characters. Yeah, they don't. They don't Maybe know what's it's happening. Season two. Maybe who knows? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. But we got the news from another source, so maybe you didn't hear it from here first at all. <laughs> hey, man, stop laughing though. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't laughing. Good, because it's time for a debate. Let's get ready to go. All right, this question is actually from my sister. If you were James Gunn and in charge of the DCEU, what would you do with the universe? What's your 10-year plan? Mm. I'll get the ball rolling on this one. Yeah, because I don't know much about, I don't know much of the big bads in DC. Um, I could just name some stuff off that should happen. Well, but yeah, you that, got. Might, that, that might be exactly where this conversation goes. Because first off, I'll say I love the idea that James Gunn is building a world around the Green Lanterns, right? And we're getting Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart in a kind of pseudo-buddy, true detective-esque vibe intergalactic series. Mm -hmm. I would do the same thing. I love that idea. And what I love most about that idea is it lets us really kind of expand on elements of the DC universe that we haven't really had a chance to touch base on yet. It gives a chance to get characters like Lobo in mm-hmm. and all these other space intergalactic characters, which I think is super fun and smart. Um, and I love the fact that it's going to have a kind of true detective texture. So mm-hmm. for me, I really like that kind of comic book content. I like um, long Halloween. I like that stuff. So I think that'd be really cool. I would I would totally endorse that idea. But I think there's rumor of trying to tie the whole thing together, kind of how the MCU's done it, right? Right. I almost feel like I'd, I'd kind of do the opposite. I'd let standalone content build with standalone content in a way where they're all validated. So the Flashpoint movie's going to happen. And what kind of what I'm hoping that does is because he's smashing through different universes right the dcu's version of the multiverse it kind of lets all content be canon at that point we're saying it all exists on one of the dc earths right in which case i think that's the way you continue to go you're like cool now if everything's canon then everything's open so i'm gonna go build out those worlds independent of the other content that's coming out in a way where maybe if you want to mash it up in 10 years from now, you still could do some sort of crisis on infinite earths kind of scenario. 
So, Which is actually yeah. So you're just gonna just have to like just like individual movies or shows or whatever, not really yeah. connected except for maybe for the the multiverse or whatever it's called. Exactly. So so I'm I keep Pattinson and I okay. build Pattinson out, but let him be dark. Let him be that content. Let's get the long Halloween story in there. That kind of vibe. Um. And let's build him out on a real world kind of dark and gritty pseudo uh, comic book esque vibe, right? Mm. Um, I think we can get like Constantine in there, and he can cross over with like Sandman. There's a really cool character called the Question. He is in like a Dick Tracy outfit, detective looking thing, but he's got no face. Right. But yeah. he also deals in like the you know the magic and the mystic arts kind of stuff. So I think right. so now my thing is this. Why would anyone care about the other stuff? Like say, you know, I'm I'm into uh the Flash and the Batman and yeah. maybe uh Green Lantern. Why would I care mm-hmm. about the question or Sandman? Well, do you saw the Sandman series is pretty great content. Right. No, I'm yeah, I Sandman was great for me. But say right. if say I'm a whole totally different person, right? I don't care about the Sandman. So why do I care about why do I care to go out and watch all these? If they're not connected, they're not interconnected in any way. They're not they're not gonna fight a big bag at some point. Why would I care about the Sandman and the question and all that? Great, great. I think I think the big bad is when everything collides in like a, a crisis on infinite earth's setting where mm. everything's smashing into each other. And then what's cool about that is you get to have, again, all the actors who've ever incarnated some of these roles coming together to, to cross over. Something happening in there? Oh. So, like, you can have you can have Brandon Ralph come in. You can have Henry Cavill come in. You can have Michael Keaton come in. You can have Ben Affleck come in. You can see if Ezra Miller's not locked up at the time. You get to have all these... You get to have all of the, the the potential for any content that's ever happened DC related gets to then interact in a giant mashup accumulating, which is also why I think there's almost more options if you don't try to build everything off of like Snyder was put the Justice League together and somehow that's supposed to make sense. But then Shazam doesn't tie in. Right. Like why wouldn't why wouldn't Shazam tie in? But then Wonder Woman ties in to Shazam, but we still don't have Superman. So it's like weird how you were able to connect some dots, but not able to connect other dots. And the content of like the content of Peacemaker is way more comically extreme than the content of some of this other stuff. So it's weird what's related and not related. And the only way you can say it's all canon is if you have these multiverse crossovers and then suddenly everything's okay. Otherwise, it's just disjointed. Mm. Now, the other reason I really want to do that is because I'm a Superman fan. And if you put me at the reins, I'm telling the death and return Superman storyline. We'd start with, I know, I see your face, but we still haven't had it. And we right. haven't had a good version of it, and we haven't had a live-action version of it. And in order to tell it, it's a four-part series. You got, I think it's the lost years of Superman. Mm-hmm. In between the time he left uh, Smallville and before he gets to Metropolis, 
there is this really cool time in his life where he is heroic, but not wearing the cape. And I think you got a movie that touches on that leading up to his time in Metropolis to get an origin story. And you'd have to find out whether the villain's going to be Brainiac, maybe, which would be cool because we got the Green Lantern stuff going on. So a cosmic kind of creature opens up the world. And what I really want to do is open up the DC universe where something like DC Online makes sense. So you have cameos of some of these other characters just we know they're in the world we don't have to follow their stories or see them but we know they're there so when we mash everything up later it's not out of context but wouldn't that be like that could be like a 10 movie deal right there that's what i'm talking about i'm talking about a 10 movie deal but not in a way where they all have to play off of each other okay but you do need the whole world that's my point you have to have the whole world because eventually superman does fight doomsday Mm. And he dies. Doomsday dies or whatever. And then you have a whole movie dealing with a world without Superman. Where you're now dealing with all of these auxiliary characters picking up the slack. Where that's where Guy Gardner's coming in. That's where you get you know all these other superheroes that otherwise don't get a lot of face time. Um, dealing with the loss of the world's greatest hero. Which is cool too because then you follow that up with the return or the reign of Superman and the return of Superman, where you finally get the cyborg, you finally get the Superboy, you finally get uh, Man of Steel, John Henry Irons, and the Eradicator, which ultimately leads to the return of Superman. I'm telling you, that alone would be really cool to see happen. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some flags out there, but I don't have much knowledge about it to throw them. But Good. Uh, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> but characters I, characters I want to see flushed out, I mean, I want to see Raven. haven't seen her. I want to see Dr. Fate. I want to see Spectra. Uh, I want to see some of these other characters who just get zero FaceTime. Mm, I mean, Raven got some FaceTime in the um, the Titans. I believe the, the story's like around her. I, I haven't watched it. I've just looked at the previews. You're talking about the series. I'm talking yeah. about I want film content. Because film content, film content usually gets different treatment than uh, series content. Right. Which is also why I'm kind of bummed that uh, Secret Invasion is a series and not a film. I feel like if it were a film, the Marvel Secret Invasion would suddenly matter more than it probably ultimately will. Mm. You know. All right, how about you? What do you want to see in the DCU? Uh, pretty much. They need to bring lanterns. Um, they need to do them good. Uh, John Stewart, uh, Hal, Guy Gardner. No, yeah, Guy Gardner. Who yeah. was a jerk. Yeah, he was a jerk. Yeah, I remember reading him comics. The dude was a straight jerk. He's a jerk, and Kyle is a interesting character too. Yeah, but um, they need to bring that in. Uh, Lobo as well. Um, they need to tie in um Peacemaker. I don't know how they're gonna do that again but um his his content's real specific now it it really is i don't know how they're gonna do it but uh who else who else who else obviously the flash batman they needed to do justice league over again uh i want the and within those films you know they fight their their big bad for whatever it is but the big big bad i still want to see dark side again 
How did we not get Darkseid in the Justice League movie, man? We we barely got him. Like I want to see, like I want everything to tie in, like kind of like a you no know, MCU type of joint. Where at the end of every movie, you see Darkseid, like some sort of Darkseid's plan is in the background happening, or maybe what they were fighting with with their main villain, Darkseid had a hand in helping that some form or fashion. And Does that come- feel too much like Thanos? At this yeah, point, though, I, give me the Thanos. Give me a Dark Side Thanos. I'll take it because that's what it's, he does anyway. That's that's what Dark Side does anyway. When, when, yeah. he, when he goes out there to create, create take over worlds, he he cre- he puts seeds out there. He puts agents in, in play. Yeah, it's so, funny how when something reaches f- cinema, mm-hmm. film, that starts feeling like anything that comes after that in cinema and film is duplicating it. Right. So like mm-hmm. Dark Side coming out in film feels like hey he's of the ripping off thanos when in reality thanos ripped off dark side right i mean yeah it's a weird thing right you can do some dark side and then you, if you want to get real crazy with it like have them like maybe do a little team up with with brainiac if you will so you know the two i don't know how because the villains villains is um are kind of difficult when it comes to team because they really can't team up because they, they they got they got egos they got too much egos like one wants to be in it, one wants to be the, the top dog of everything and the other one has to have to submit to them they're like nah I ain't doing that but that could be also an interesting story because you know maybe there'll be some back backstabbing mm-hmm. you know taking over uh, the other pe- other person's plans and you know trying to snub them out of the picture I don't know and maybe one of the bad guys might have to team up with the good guys to fight the bad guy. We got 10 years. We can flesh this out. Mm-hmm. And multiple films. Hey, maybe some series. Just saying. But I would like to see Darkseid again because I don't think they did him right. They did not do it. We never got to see him. My we opinion, Darkseid never made it to the films. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we got a glimpse of him. But he really didn't do much. We just saw him in, we saw him in that first cut scene mm-hmm. at the beginning of, what was it, uh, Wonder Woman, I believe? Mm-hmm. When they were fighting the gods. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's when we first saw him, and then you know, we saw like glimpses of him through like the the you know, the portal or whatever. And that's about yeah. it. But we never saw the Justice League or Superman take him on. Who, you know, right? Usually that's is the, the person battling. That's what we need. I've se- I've seen the animated version of Dark Side. I need to, I need to see this dude in real life putting down putting down the law. And that's that's pretty much my plan. No specifics in my plans, but I just need everything to tie in. I need all the key characters, and I need everything to tie in to fight in Darkseid. Or know, is it Darkseed? People say the name wrong. I don't know. They say, they say it differently. They say Darkseid, Darkseed. I don't know. English. We, we know who you're talking about, though. Right. The big bad on the DC side. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Not much of a debate, but good talk. Yeah. Well, now I think it's time to get to the reason why we're here. Mm. It's time for the main event. And today we've decided to take a look back at the film that really kind of started it all for the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that movie is, of course, Iron Man 1. I'm not talking about the first Marvel movie that was made. I'm talking about the Marvel Studios film that started what we now know as and take for granted for the last, what, almost 20 years yeah. of Marvel film content, the MCU. 
So Iron Man 1. I'll give you a quick, well, spoiler. Th now, this movie's been around for a while, so I don't think we're spoiling it for too many people, although right. it's been around long enough where you might have been five when it came out and you maybe never watched it. And now you're 20 or 20 and you missed it. Um, so we're not going to spoil it for you. We will spoil it for you. But first, that's, we'll give our that's, spoiler. That's not an excuse. Thoughts. I'm sorry. If you over here in, in this, if you're over in this sphere, you should know what Iron Man is. I don't care how old you were when it came out. If you're heavy in this sphere, you should know. You should have seen it multiple times at this point. Well, so spoiler Free thoughts, Rich. Um, it was a good time for the most part. When I really sit back and look at it, I was just like, uh... right? Yeah, I was like, it's, uh, mm. it's it's first time I'd seen the movie in quite some time. Yeah, and I was like, but man, I, how did I not notice all this before? Right, because we also we mature, um, and the content around it matures, which yeah. is also why you know a lot of people are saying, um. Are the MCU films as bad as everyone's acting like they are? Or was was Endgame just so good, everything's kind of disproportionate now? Um, and this is a good example. Looking back at Iron Man, the one that kind of launched, launched this phase of things. Um, Spoiler-free thoughts. It's a great movie. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's definitely worth the watch. So let me give you a quick recap. And then we're just going to dive into this bad boy. It's a very quick recap. Tony Stark, playboy billionaire, not to be mistaken with Bruce Wayne, is out making weapons, making money. He's put in a compromised position where his life is saved by a stranger. And this is eye-opening to him. And he decides that... He needs to start making his life count for something, so he uh, builds the Iron Man armor, which he was already kind of working on before the film even starts, though. That's why he's able to make it so quickly. And he goes around to destroy the weapons caches of his products that are being sold to the wrong uh, forces, making a long story way shorter. His best friend surrogate father and business partner at this point ends up being the big bad of the film who put tony stark in the compromised position where his life was in jeopardy in the first place he decides to make his own iron man suit big battle ensues uh he didn't learn how to deal with the icing problem because he's taken his suit for its first test ride they blow up a lot of things. The body count in this movie is ridiculous. Yeah. And by the end of it, Pepper Potts blows the guy off the rooftop. And Tony ends by telling the world that he's Iron Man. So that's the recap of the film. Rich, what do you think, man? Did this movie hold up watching it again? Man, Tony Stark should have died like in the first like two minutes of that movie, bro. Like he should have died multiple times. I'm sitting like, how did I not catch any of this? Well, how did they do like an open heart surgery thing in a cave and then put like a rusty bottle in his chest? Before we even get to that, how did he like magically avoid all of the shrapnel that penetrated the, the vehicle that he was in that literally right. where he was sitting at? That was crazy. But and also then the then missile blew up in his face, but like, didn't hit his face, but it like killed his chest. Like what? That's how we doing this? I'm like, how did I not see this? Yeah. But uh, yeah. but yeah, then my man, uh, open heart surgery and like unsterile conditions, like no type of infection. 
Right. And then no type of infection. And when he got back to America, he didn't go to a hospital. He went to get a cheeseburger and have a press conference. And then he redid his own chest plate. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, did he even get a shot of penicillin at some point? I did. Not that I saw. Who knows? I was, I was very, very, if I was watching the movie today, which I watched it yesterday, I would obviously have all kinds of like, what kind of BS is this? But watching the movie 20 years ago when it dropped for the first time, you just, you just kind of, you just kind of let it all go. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And then, um, what was it? Um, the guy he was in, he was in the, he was locked up with. Yeah. Jensen. Jensen. I I laughed when he created the diversion. Oh right? yeah, he's just shooting the guns up in the air. I'm like, how are three trained soldiers just running from this guy who's just shooting a gun right. up in the air yeah. wildly? <laughs> Yo, know, it never. It also never occurred to me in that opening scene. Tony Stark in his Mark One Iron Man suit has uh, blow torches on his his arms and he's just lighting everybody on fire which is a horribly violent way to kill a person yeah and like i said the body count in this movie although they don't really depict the graphicness of it in a way where you're seeing the death because it's still a pg-13 film uh it's it's actually pretty violent i mean he's crushing people with his hulk smasher arm i mean crushing them uh, you know, like he hits one guy through a door, another guy gets crushed by a door, another guy gets blown up, a lot of people get shot, and then yeah. he's literally catching people on fire where they're screaming and burning to death, which is nothing funny to, to laugh at, but it's like, it hadn't occurred to me in hindsight just how violent the film was for, and, and Iron Man's no superhero on that level, he's not like Superman, um, and he's not in the comics either, he's a little more uh, humanized in his morality, but, uh, they'd certainly come a long way. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was interesting to rewatch it all. Be honest. Like one, like, how did you not, I mean, I guess, I guess with a company that big, you can hide things Mm. within the paperwork and then everything like that. But my man made a whole suit and you didn't know. And then it was trash. Like, and then how did he think he was going to like outdo, like Tony Stark, the the brainchild behind the whole company. Like I don't like what well, didn't he... make sense entirely. Why that plot point was in there to begin with, right? It's like I get that Tony might be a liability, but at the top of the film, before Obi Obadiah, Obadiah yeah, before Obadiah tries to kill Tony Stark, thus making Tony Stark the Tony Stark we know. Tony's just trying to have sex and get rich. Yeah. So he's not really hurting the company. He's making weapons. If Obadiah had just not tried to take the power play, he would have still been a good. millionaire making weapons. So I, right. it really didn't make any sense why Obadiah turns into the villain he is. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was weird. It just, it, it was a little weird. It right? wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a smart business move. That's it what wasn't we're a smart business move. Like, right. It, his ego was just in the way. He just wanted to be on top of everything. Right. Despite everything. But come on. Anyway, yeah. It just and it's like if if Tony was making 
armored suits at some point, Obadiah still benefit from that. The right. Tony Stark, it, like his whole character underwent a transformation when the stranger Jensen saves his life for no apparent reason and then sacrifices his life to save Tony's life again for no apparent reason. Yeah. When his family was dead and he just wanted to see his family anyway. So what was why was he playing along? That doesn't really that plot point really doesn't make sense. But it puts Tony in path to be a hero. That's Tony's Uncle Ben moment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so had Obadiah just not done any of that, we would have no Iron Man. True. That's true. I mean, yeah, but still, it was stupid. Also, I found Road Rhodey to be a largely unlikable character in this film. Yo, he was. He's like so uh, annoying. He really was. I'm saying, like, why? Did, like, I, I honestly feel like in real life, that's how that's how Terrence Howard was, and that's probably why I didn't bring him back uh, outside of the money issue. But uh, no. I feel like he might have like, in, yeah, they, they weren't paying him enough. I thought Robert Downey Jr. didn't want to work with them anymore. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But I heard it was I, also. I mean, there's probably multiple stories going around. But one of one of the stories I heard was that they they wasn't offering him enough money. Mm. Well, I don't know that I would say with his acting. I mean, I thought his voice was really soft for the character, but whatever. I suppose whatever. But um, but the writing of his character was. I didn't see the friendship in the language so well. Like I couldn't tell you why I thought Rhodey and Tony Stark were friends. Other than the fact that he's a military man and Tony made military weapons and they beta tested the weapons, I would assume. Other than that, which is just a relationship out of necessity, I never really saw the friendship. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what, what, what it was. Like, what even in the comics was he even there? Yeah, uh, yeah. Rhodey, Rhodey ends up being War Machine in the comics. Right, right, right. I don't, I'm, I'm, I wasn't a big into the iron man but um but yeah like i didn't see also didn't see like the connection in their friendship like it just seemed like he was just there and we're supposed to believe that they were friends exactly like, like there they, needed to be some kind of chemistry yeah and they try to do like the whole the the, the jet when they were flying and then he was supposed to keep mm -hmm. it all business but then it ended up being like karaoke and drinking blah, blah, blah. but it's just like ah you can do that with anyone right like, he, he can do that with happy you know? right well, and that's what's funny about the happy character. I mean, John Favreau, who is also the director and is doing Mandalorian, all this stuff, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but the chemistry between Robert and Happy's character, they had more on-string chemistry than yes. uh, Terrence did. Even, you know, there's a moment where uh, Jeff Bridges comes back from New York with the pizza box, mm -hmm. right? And he's like, you didn't make the me the board of meeting the, the board of directors meeting Tony and he's he I don't know if he improv the moment or if it's in the script but he says go on take he reprimands him and Tony's leaving and he goes go on take a slice of pizza with you and he comes back and he takes a slice of pizza and you're like there's so much interesting chemistry in that moment and then obviously um Gwyneth Paltrow is perfectly yeah. cast yeah you know and and they just have little looks and you're like they're just there's so much chemistry being captured between those two so yeah and i don't think i mean terrence howard is not a bad actor by no, any means he's not like he's great in the things that he's been in but i, I just just wasn't a fit for him I, yeah it's weird I, that's kind of what I, I wonder if the role wasn't a fit or just there was 
chemistry wasn't wasn't alive on screen for some of these things. But also, I thought he his character wasn't written very well. Like, I don't know if Don Cheadle with the same language, he would have given us a different performance, mm. but I, maybe that's what it is. It's like the language on paper makes Rhodey in the film uh, sourpuss and off-putting, but the choice that probably needed to have been made by the actor was to play opposite the language hmm. where the language might be um reprimanding you find love in the language you know okay and then you, that's a trick you often kind of want to play the opposite so even though on pages it uh stereotypically feels a, some way you play the opposite and suddenly the scene is a little more interesting and i feel like maybe, maybe huh i said maybe yeah yeah, maybe that would have helped a little bit. Anyway, so not to get too labored on, I just I didn't realize how obnoxious he his character was written until watching it back this time. It's yeah, like, he's oh. very very whiny. It's very whiny. Yeah. yeah. What I'll tell you, I'll tell you what was really cool watching it though. It's like the moments where Tony was interacting with the Jarvis computer technology and mm. like slipped his hand into the thing to kind of look at the stuff. Yeah, that's always that's always fun to watch when he when he. Manipulates that. I, I love the fact that just the um, him building the suit, you know, being a mechanic and everything like that, like that, just like fascinated me. Yeah, and that was just dope to watch. Like, I mean, outside of all the technical stuff and physics and so on and so forth, it it it, it was just dope to watch him make the 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 mock. I guess the mock two, right? It'll be the mock two suit. Well, the yes, the Mach two would have been the silver version. Mach three was the first right. red and gold version. Um, yeah, the progression of that was sick, and it's like seeing the things they did in that film. Now we, it's so overused and oversaturated. It feels like ah, we're seeing this again. But this is the first time we were seeing it. Mm -hmm. The way he could like expand this three D holographic image was yeah. like yeah, like his technology was definitely far beyond that of just regular people he, he was definitely living in a smart house and the smartest man in the world was doing what he does right and but what was so cool about it was this is the first time we're seeing it in the film yeah, yeah now yeah. we see it in every film it's like oh we gotta see this again I, I wonder you know tom cruise was i don't know if he turned the role down but they were definitely looking at tom cruise for the part at one point i don't think this movie works without robert downey jr i think this movie Thing is, only works with Robert. We're just we're just used to seeing him now. Like he just he really made this role. He he made this role his own, and he'd been doing it for so long. It's hard to envision anyone else doing it now. Yeah, that is definitely true. But even but, watching this first one, though, mm. it's like there's something about him that is so subtly charismatic. Mm, yeah, yeah. In yeah. every moment, he's clearly highly intelligent. Right. But not in a I'm better than you kind of way, you know, and I just I don't know that I, what Robert Downey Jr. has in spades is something most actors aren't even close to to being able to occupy the same space. Hmm. And it's not because they're bad actors. There are so many phenomenal actors, but like Tom Cruise is a heavier, more dramatic actor. He lacks the levity. Michael Fassbender is so cerebral and uh, emotionally connected. Hugh Jackman has other qualities. And you're like, what Robert Downey Jr. as an actor and a person 
has innately and is able to bring to the that role is so perfect for the role. It's hard to ima- it's hard to reimagine someone else in the part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's pretty like even when um, what was it uh, Sherlock Holmes? Like he just just yeah. did something there, you know? Like you mm-hmm. really can you can you can I mean other people have played Sherlock Holmes, but like no one has really played Sherlock Holmes like Robbie Downey Jr. Right. You look at Benedict Cumberbatch, who's such a wonderful Sherlock Holmes in the series. Is he's 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 way heavier. You know, he's right. got a heavier performance quality. So I don't know. And I love, you know, the reality of that film, what it did, one, for the MCU, and two, what it did for Robert Downey Jr., who Robert Downey Jr. at that point really couldn't get a job. Yeah, he, he was he was really just like off the map for a minute. And then and this came out and like, boom, he was back. He was back. Well, he was off the map because he was struggling with drug addiction. And yeah. He was in rehab. And, and then what happens is... You become a liability and mm. studios don't want to take a, a chance on you. They don't want to take a risk because you're just going to cost the studio money. And what happens when we get halfway down the film and we have to recast you? Um, so he just, Robert Downey Jr. wasn't getting any work at that time. And Favreau, you know, kind of gave him that. He took a chance. Yeah. Um, the studios were a little against it. But he eventually was able to talk him into it. And Wow, I mean, what a comeback story! Oh, yeah. how incredibly good he is in the role, um, and what it did for the MCU. He's making billions. Yeah, because even after that, what he he did, um, Tropic Thunder, you know, the Sherlock Holmes movies. Uh, yeah, he came back. He came back in a big way. It was definitely yeah. a good a good move for him, and and uh, you know, just the fact that he cleaned up his life so he, he can he can be the the mega star that he is now mm-hmm. great i also love that um you know watching a lot of behind the scenes stuff for this film at this point how a lot of the effects were practical effects and then yes digitally enhanced so like when the mark one armor is walking around torching everything is actually a guy in a suit with you know yeah. torches on his arm catching stuff on fire like I th- when I first watched the movie, I just a lot of these movies I assume are just all CGI, but yeah, so now, much of yeah. it is, so much of it is actually practical. It's it's funny, you know. Yeah, now now it's all CGI, but yeah, like even when he was uh, setting up the Mark the Mark One and even the Mark Two, like a lot of that stuff, he was actually wearing that suit. He was actually wearing the pieces. You know, had him up on the, on the harnesses and whatnot, like yep. levitating, flying. Uh, is dope. It kind of added it added more to to I guess the scene. Wait, there's opposed- one thing. I'm sorry to cut you off. There's one thing that's always bothered me. It bothered me the first time I watched it, and it's bothered me the last time I watched it. What was that? When you watch the movie, getting the armor on and off is no easy task, mm-hmm. right? It's like obviously as Tony's technology advances throughout the movies it becomes easier to interface with and to get the armor on and off and stuff. Right. When nanotechnology is admitted, it becomes much easier. Right. In this movie, that is not the case. It is a whole big process where he's riveted in and there's locking mechanisms and nothing is coming undone easily. Right. In the ending battle, he just tosses off his left hand gauntlet. gauntlet. He He just so easily removes the gauntlet well didn't he rip it off he just, he just used the power of the suit to rip it off right or 
Right. Well, why would you rip off the what? It didn't make any sense. It looked like he was. It looked like he was taking his suit off at that point because he had no power left. So no. he was trying to quickly take the suit off. So he started with the hand, and then Obadiah landed, and so he was. He he couldn't continue the process. Right. Maybe. What yeah, they you? just. They just did the icing thing. Obadiah mm. couldn't handle the the altitude. He crashed somewhere. Tony's thinking, I don't know. Either I beat him, or I've got a short amount of time. But in either way, I'm gonna I'm about to be stuck in something that I can't move around in because it's not gonna have any power. So he started to take it off, and he took his hand off. Hmm. But if right. the, if it was that easy to take the suit apart, why the three scenes leading up to this fight scene where we see him struggling to put the suit on and off? It just didn't make any sense. I don't know. Wasn't the struggles the fact that he was trying to figure out how to put the suit on, then he kind of got the the mechanisms of the machinery to do it? Because now he stands, he, st he stood on a platform and everything just kind of... Or we had one where... No, nah, that was that other one. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. there's the, the best line in the movie is he's standing on the platform trying to get the suit off right. and Pepper Potts walks in and looks at him like he's crazy and he starts to say something and then instead goes let's be real this isn't the uh, this isn't the worst thing you've seen me do right <laughs> something like that. he's got this hysterical line uh and it only makes sense because he's sitting there being you know manhandled by robots trying to undress him yeah, and they're trying to figure it out pretty much. They're trying to get it right because, because as we've seen throughout the rest of the movies, even before he got the nanotech, when he was when he had to like, what was the best one I saw? When he landed on uh, uh, Avengers Tower, actually no, Stark's Tower, excuse me. Yeah. And he landed on on the platform, and he as he was walking, yeah, just, everything was just coming like the machines yep. were just yep. systematically taking yep. things off. Yeah, but I we mean, ain't there you yet. gotta start. Yeah, but you got you gotta start somewhere, right? He they okay. they were figuring it out. A hundred percent. My point yeah, is, this I, I know, but it takes so much to put it on and also to take it off. He just easily. I'm trying to remember the scene. He he lost power, or he was, he was about losing to lose. power. So yeah, I think like, he, I, I believe he he was just ripping it off so he can get it off before he lost power, and then he would have just been stuck. But it wasn't broken or anything. He didn't like break I mean, it off. Either way, once he loses power, you wouldn't be able to move. So at least he would have had a a, a limb to move. I don't know, bro. But I don't know. Reasons, yeah. man. Reasons. Yeah, no, Jack. but that's that's the actual answer. It's reasons because literally the scene right before that, he needed three robots to help unscrew the armor from him and release yeah. the rivets and stuff. That's, that's take it off gently, you know. Take it off the correct way. Sometimes you just got to rip things off. Okay. You know. Yeah. Listen, uh, look. Coming from mechanic world, there are correct ways to do things. And yep. there, there, there are just fast ways to do things. And usually the fast ways are the most violent and most destructive. But it gets it done when it needs to get done. It just didn't look like he was breaking it. it just looked like he took it off. I don't know. Maybe he's put in a, a, like some type of measure to like quick release. I don't know, Jack. I don't Let's know. Let's go with that. He, 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 in the scene prior, decided he needed some quick release buttons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else? Last thoughts on Iron Man 1? I mean, despite all the things that missed um, when I first watched it, it's it's still a fun time. And again, it's this this kicks off the whole the whole MCU. Yeah. And I I recommend people to sit down and to watch it, watch watch all the MCU movies in order. 
but yeah, yo, definitely it's 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 a it's a watch. It's definitely a watch. You see the origins where, where Iron Man started, and then you know you can fast forward to where he's at. No, I I uh, second that a hundred percent. It does not create the cardinal sin of being boring by any degree. This movie is not without its questionable plot points and not without some odd choices made along the way or lack of continuity. But from start to finish, this is a fun film. And Robert Downey Jr. sells it in every single scene. Uh, If for whatever reason you are one of the rare individuals out there who do not like Robert Downey Jr., You probably won't like this film, but you're probably also not listening to this podcast or watching this YouTube video, so you probably haven't seen any of the movies he's in. If you are a film, and I'm really talking to maybe someone who's in their early to mid-20s who, for whatever reason, missed this movie when it first came out, I would highly recommend, uh, if you're into this kind of content and somehow you missed it, definitely go back and pick this one up. Because it's worth the watch, and you should probably know the origin. And this is the one that started all off for the MCU. Yeah, um, and it's it is a fun film. It's a fun film. It definitely is. Definitely. Well, that's all it. right. I thought. Well, I think that's it. I don't think we need to rate this film. Nah. But we both endorse this film. Oh. Oh. I, I just read. I just read why why Terrence Howard why Terrence Howard left Iron Man or did not do Iron Man two. Downey's salary was increased drastically to a rumored ten million mm-hmm. plus a cut on the back end uh, profits, whereas Howard's was drastically slashed for just forty thousand per film. Ooh. Yeah, so that's what I heard. That's that's the rumor. That's that I heard. really that's really funny because Robert Downey Jr. advocated for you know when the Avengers movie was happening, yes. he advocated that all, all those actors get paid. Yes, bumps. see, maybe maybe Terrence Howard would have, would have stuck it out. Maybe he'd have got that paycheck. He'd have hmm. got that payday. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well. Anyway, let's keep it pushing. I think it's time for some recommendations. Recommendations. So Chris gave us a list of recommendations. He says if you like Iron Man and Phase 1, then you should definitely go back and pick up the Hulk. I'm assuming he's talking about the Edward Norton Hulk. Right. He'll be talking about the Ang Lee Hulk, but he's probably talking about the Edward Norton because Edward Norton actually fits into the canon of the MCU. They just True. recast him, but they kept the story. So pick up the Hulk. He said Captain America, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming he's talking about the first Avenger, which right. is a fun film. But if you ask my opinion, it pretty much just plays as a series of montages one after the other. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He also recommends that you go and watch Avengers 1. And I highly agree with that, Rich. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he went on to give us his list of his favorite Phase 2 movies also. Guardians of the Galaxy. Fun time. Fun time. And uh, one of my favorite uh, Marvel MCU movies. And probably one of the better standalone films up to that point, too. Mm, Yeah, yeah, definitely. And he said, go check out Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I agree. 
Captain yeah. America Winter Soldier is kind of the only movie, especially up to that point, with that kind of spy espionage thriller yes. feel. Yeah, and then it also that. also introduced uh, T'Challa. T'Challa for the first time. Yes, yeah. yes, it did. Um, and he said you should check out Age of Ultron, which I kind of agree and kind of had mixed feelings on. What is cool about the Age of Ultron is you get Vision for the first time, yeah. who is played by Paul Bettany, who, if you watched Iron Man or any of the movies before Age of Ultron, you hear Jarvis talking, and Jarvis is voiced by Paul Bettany. So they infused the AI of Jarvis into Vision, which is why Paul Bettany playing the part makes perfect sense. And yeah. what a wonderful cast. And that's it. Those are the recommendations Chris left us. Those are the recommendations. Those are the recommendations. Yeah. So you want to close this off, Rich? Listen, I'd like to like to thank y'all for sticking out with us. All right, we're down. We're down a couple of guys, but here we are. Um, listen, leave some comments. Let us know how you, how you feel about the show. Maybe you like it. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you can't stand us. Let us know. But if you like us, we have more stuff coming at you. We have a ton of videos. We have we have social medias. Um, check out the IG. We're posting every day, all day. Um, we got TikTok a little dead right now, but hey, we still got some stuff up there. Check it out. Uh, the YouTube always popping. Tons of unboxings. Uh, Jack with his like million dollar comic book collection. Don't come after him. Chris is out here making toys now. The man's making toys. Crazy, crazy. We got a video game stuff. We got a whole bunch of stuff. Just check it all out. Uh, and again, every platform, like, comment, subscribe. Come join the conversation. Is it something you want us to do? Let us know. We'll try to make it happen. And until next time, same bad time. Same bad channel. <laughs>